Welcome to Super House. <laughs> is episode 26 of the Superhouse podcast. It's going to be tense, fast-paced, and probably some heartwarming tenderness is going to be involved. <laughs> Keep it tender. My name is Andrew, as you know, calling in from Los Angeles, and that's it. <laughs> this is Stefan from Denver, currently dying in bed with the cold. But you and still made edi- it. I made it. I, I bought a bunch of edibles, and I've almost eaten the entire container. You're going to be retarded by the end of this one, man. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I've, I've, all that Dayquil I took, too, I'm like, it doesn't even matter now. I'm full-on self-medicating. It's delicious. God. <laughs> you're either going to wake up feeling amazing tomorrow, or you're just going to feel like the biggest piece of shit. I got a day off. Fuck it. Oh, well, it doesn't even matter. I just ate another one. Eating a shitload of edibles is probably not good for trying to get over a cold, man. What are you talking about? They're like, it's like a pain reducer, if anything. Yeah, I guess. I feel great. (laughs) I'm sure you do. I got 10 milligrams of THC in each of them, and I've eaten maybe 5. 50 milligrams? Not that big a deal. All right. And I'm Maddie, and in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Only three of us here right now because we don't know where everybody else is. Well, Joey's actually in uh, going to Vegas. Johnson is asleep, and James's computer is broken. So we're kind of working on a skeleton crew, but I think we're going to get through with it, guys. Nice. I don't know even know how we're going to do this. We talked for four hours before it was just the three of us, right? <laughs> That's true. God. That's what happens when I get a little drink in us. A little drinky poo. <laughs> Almost done. Need another glass. Oh, man. <laughs> what are you drinking? Wine. Out of a pub glass because I'm fancy. Is it Merlot? Uh, it's, Merlot. It's, uh, it's box wine from Boda Box called Red Revolution, And it's fucking delicious. And it's Is like it? 20 bucks for like basically three bottles worth of wine. Is it Franzia? No, it's it's Boda Box. It's fancier. It's okay. like five dollars more. So calm down. I, I <laughs> All right. So uh, what we want to get to first? You want to cover uh, Mutoid Man? Let's do it. All right. So this is we're officially entering onto Maddie's music. We're doing it. Um, which is essentially Maddie's music, very much inspired by Stefan. Yeah. Well, I actually like that someone else picked some music besides me. I like you heading I, up that section, though. I mean, I'll yeah. head it up, but, I mean, you know, uh, it was nice to, like, listen to something. Like every kinda... every every few let somebody else grab one or something? Yeah, I mean, I know Stefan and I from Camera Noise, we were always listening to all kinds of shit yeah. all the time. So I hope that everyone else in this group is listening to other music besides what I present them. I just but, didn't want like, to front I, on your steez, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Like I, I would love to do that that band horrors that you were talking about because I actually didn't listen to them, but I would like to. But um, anyway, the album is Bleeder by Mutoid Man. Um, it's like three dudes. Um, 
This album's fucking solid. Uh, it's got the lead singer of Caven, um, which I fucking loved. His the Caven record Jupiter is fucking great. Also, their other like more like hardcore or metal esque stuff is also pretty cool too. But uh, this album is great. Bridge Burner is like my new favorite jam. I listened yeah, to that song like three times on truck the other day, and people were like, "Man, for, for fuck's sake, play something <laughs> or switch it." And I was like, "But the song's so good." And they're like, "There's like, there's only like three lyrics to this song." And I was like, "I know, so you can all sing along with me." <laughs> um, uh, I love it. I just think it's a solid like fucking rock metal record that just like encompasses every metal genre ever recorded ever. Um, it's just a fun record. I like don't know what else to say. Like, there's not a song on here. I'm like, eh. Like, all of them. Oh, I don't know. It's just so fucking good. Uh, I'm glad Stefan recommended it, because it was something I was always like... I'll be like, I'll get to that. I'll get to that band. I'll check them out. But got to it. It's wonderful. I did not listen to their first one, though. I've been stuck on this one. Someone <laughs> else, go. I'm done talking. Take it away, Stefan. Yeah. Uh, the Bleeder's really good album. It's, like, interesting all the way through, and it, like, changes and shifts. It has a lot of, like... You know, it, be, it begins with a lot of, like, that club, like, even kind of hair metal, uh, American rock and roll kind of sound to it, really bluesy, but just, like, shredding insanely, like, metal riffage, you know what I mean? It's like, if it wasn't, if the drummer played more hardcore style of drumming, it would be, like, a straight-up hardcore band, but because they're, in, like, Kirk Blues incorporating his sensibilities to, like, a more bluesy rock and roll style allows for a lot like choppier drums and stuff and it just seems like they have a lot of fun uh on this album and the last album just in general as a band and the songs like you know they don't they don't dwell too hard on like deep concepts necessarily than having just like a flair or an attitude that that shines through in the lyrics and the songwriting um yeah it's like I, I can imagine like driving around driving through Vegas with like a like an Hunter S. Thompson uh, what am I trying to say here it's a good album <laughs> I liked it <laughs> I liked it moving on it's fun as hell well and one other thing it reminds me sometimes of like some of the song structural stuff like I hear a little bit of Mastodon in there and a little bit of Every Time I Die and a little bit of um, what are they called uh, Dillinger Escape Plan so it's a fun it's a fun record of anything if you're into that kind of thing having fun yeah I liked it a lot man I gotta tell you I feel like if there was like a billboard top I guess there is if for metal in some way I don't know I don't know the details but if there was like a top chart for metal I feel like Bridge Burner would be like you know the number one song of the summer or whatever you yeah. know what i'm saying like Such that's like opener. it's just it's really heavy like like the guitar work and all that's like mastodon but he's singing like or you know cave in so it's a really like really good song um i played that one a lot that's probably the song i've been playing the most lately out of anything on spotify yeah and i have well, lis i listened to the rest of that album and i listened to the whole first album as well Narcissist from the first album is actually the second track, second most popular track after Bridge Burner. It's Narcissist with a G, like gnarly. Yeah. That's a really cool name. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
the the rest of the album is really good as well but it's i don't know man something about bridge burn like maddie said it's just it's it's just i don't know both both albums have really good openers yes you know they both narcissist is a fucking awesome song right and it's just like like it just keep, they keep it interesting throughout and it's almost Almost with the rest of the album is they continue to keep it interesting. It's a lot like listening to Between the Barrier to Me, if you guys listen to Between the Barrier to Me at all. But they uh, colors, yeah, colors is great. A lot, you know, they're they're a really amazing, like crazy intricate type of band. They write these big, like sweeping, um, operatic, like fucking pieces of music, and it's all metal for the most part, and like a bunch of other shit. But you know, I feel like Mutoid Man kind of like in it. It's rock and roll sensibility, and it's kind of like wild, having fun sensibility. It does some of that really complex, intricate, smart metal shit, but is also like fucking, ah, look at me, like jumping off the fucking speaker like David Lee Roth and shit. It, it seems like I, I watched some like live performance stuff after we started listening to this, and it seems like I don't know what, where the other guys are from. I'm sure they're in other bands. It, it seems like it's just like, hey, you guys want to make a new Mutoid Man record? And they're like, yeah, that sounds fun, because their other bands are so, you know, I guess being in, like, it's a bigger band or something. Yeah, it's, like, it's probably more stress, and, like, Mutoid Man seems like an outlet for them to just, like, fucking rock and have some fun. Like, uh, watching that Tom Jones uh, video, the cover that they do, of She's a Lady on that subway train, it's just fucking great. Like, that's, a, like... If there's anything I can give you to introduce you to this band is watch that video and then go listen to Bleeder. Because it's yeah. like sets up like what you're getting into with like an album, you know. It's like it's all about fun. It's all about just playing music for the fuck of it and just seeing where that goes. Because there are some songs that are just super poppy. There are some songs that start off poppy but then get fucking metal as fuck on the on the record. And I just it's one of those fun bands that I just like. They're just having fun playing music, and it's always nice to hear just like a straight up like fun rock record. And this is what that reminds me of. It's like a uh, I would put that up there with Anti Mask and um, yeah, you know, uh, like as the two like just getting uh, two band like ba- uh, members from different bands together and just making fun fucking rock records. But it's it's fucking good, man. It's so good, so much fun, and Bridge Burner. It's fucking great. I made, track, man. I made a I mistake. I Miles Stare and Sweet Ivy a lot as well. I mentioned the wrong. Converge member. <laughs> I meant I Steve Stephen Brodsky, the guitarist in this band. They get fucking rules. Yeah, he's from Caven, and he does some stuff with Converge from time to time, but he's not like yeah. Converge. That I was I had I had that bit wrong. Yeah. Sorry, listening public. I probably sounded like a fucking idiot. It's okay. I'm here because I love Converge so much. <laughs> they hold me. It feels like Mutual Man should be way more popular than they are. Like, Macedon achieved some popularity. They won a Grammy and shit. Yeah. You know, like, they got somewhat far, but maybe maybe Mutoid Man will uh, also get there at some point. Also, I want to say, best fucking cover art on both those albums I've seen in a long time. Like, that and, like, Jacob Bannon's work on Converge, like, any... Dude, I love that art, man. I pick up records just because Jay Bannon does artwork for them sometimes. It's like it's so great to get a Converge record because it's like you got a piece of art too. It's like you have the music, but then you've like got an art piece at the same time, and that's what I, any band that's doing that uh, I love that shit. 
But um, yeah, man. Uh, New Toy Man. Everybody needs to listen to this shit. Uh, this is only their second record too, so third record could set them. Um, you know, in the next couple yeah. of years, whenever they decide to make one, could be the turning point. I yeah, kind of like that they're a smaller band at this point, just because it's like a few people know about it. So like, easier to go to their shows. Well, it's that, and it's going to be more intimate. Like if they get, like, I feel like Mastodon's at the point now where it's like going to be so huge. Like, I remember the first time I saw him was Remission Tour at fucking Jinx, and I was like, man, this is fucking intimate as shit. And it's like I haven't seen them since, but Dude, it's a totally different experience. We saw all those guys like Kylesa yeah. and Baroness. That's what uh, I liked about going to see Baroness recently is like it was still a pretty small venue. Like oh, I really? feel like they're pretty big at this point, coming from like where they went to college in Savannah to like seeing them in Ohio. But it's like it was still pretty intimate. But those were our band. There's just like a bunch of talent running through Savannah of all places. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. We saw fucking Melt Banana there, man. Like <laughs> yeah. Like they got pretty big. They were on Adult Swim for as crazy as their music is. Yeah. You Kyle know, Lisa broke up. So yeah. Oh, they did. I didn't even know I that. Saw I them saw them this uh, winter. Yeah, yeah I saw them at a circle takes the square. I saw them at this place called Zanzibar. It was super small. There's probably like 20 people in there. Nice. It was so small. It was so fucking cool too. But I, I was like, this is kind of sad. I was really hoping this place would be packed for you guys because you guys fucking rock. But I saw Darkest Hour a couple of years ago, and there was like. 25 people in the audience and they played like a dream set of their like first few albums that's weird i always figured darkest hour would be much bigger than that yeah their last album was really good they're just like they kind of not like people don't give a shit about them anymore they kind of pop popped out a little bit i saw them several times in savannah too yeah i feel like it's like the current climate of music is there's so much coming out all the time yeah you know if you're not following these bands um you know, like, I just thought, like, uh, just recently, like, Every Time I Die was, they have a new album coming out, but I was just, like, a totally lost track after, like, uh, the college, like, the stuff we listened to in college, which was, like, yeah. what was the last one, like, Gutter Phenomenon was probably hot, the last one. Hot I Damn. To. I mean, that's a fucking great record, but, yeah. like, I think the last one I listened to was probably that or, like, The Big Dirty or something or, like. They went kind of like, Southern that, Rock, right? Yeah, I mean it's good. It's still fucking good. I don't. I don't. I've listened to a couple tracks off Low Teens, and I don't really care for them. But I don't know. Um, but it's just like there's so much coming out all the time. It's overshadowing all the stuff. If I don't like, I just started yeah. having to add bands on Facebook just to see where they're touring. Cause like I'll get along. They're like, oh yeah, we were in Cincinnati two weeks ago, and it's like, fuck, what, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it! Like, why did I not know about this? It's like I'm hearing about like Justin Bieber coming to town or whatever the fuck, and it's like. No, I want to know about, like, you know, uh, Diggable Planets, which I just saw in Cincinnati, which is fucking great. Not a hardcore band, but a 90s rap group. Fucking great. Um, but it's just, like, you got to stay in touch with those bands you like, man, because no one else will. Like, you're moving on all the time, consistently, with the current, like, the way music is today. So much stuff coming out. I do love that Nerdist has a column for just metal music, though. I have you read it recently? Uh, yeah, they did. They did because uh, Planes Mistaken for Stars is coming out with the new record. It's been like ten years or something since their last one. Um, so it's it's and then there's this band called Gate Creeper, which uh, I don't really care for, but they're like high on the uh, metal list of cool things coming out. Um, but they also put some like random indie like underground shit in there, and they'll talk about like Paul Bear and stuff. And I saw them the other night. How was that? Was it good? 
It was good, but the fucking I hate the fucking scene out here, man. Everybody's so fucking pretentious about the metal bands here. Um, there's a, a local band called Chemist, and they're really good too. They're probably the best metal band in Denver right now, and they're basically just like Paul Bearer. Um, but and to see them play together was fucking so epic, dude. But all the all the audience members just stood there, and like barely nodded their heads and head banged and shit like that. And I'm like. I know it's slow, but I mean it's still heavy. It still has a, a you know, it still has like a, a groove to it. Like I was kind of just hoping more people would like be moving around or like having more fun, basically. Yeah. And these dudes, this one dude flipped me off because I was like headbanging too close to him, and then this other dude was just like, "Wrong show, dude." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, who who the fuck are you, man? Like, That's... I came to see Paul Bear and have a good time, and it." It fucking sucked, man. And now I and I remembered why I don't go out to shows very often. Yeah, that's how it was that at um, uh, Kyalesa. Like, there's like this like yeah. every every metal show I've fucking ever been fucking metal to, hipsters. Fuck every you. every show I've ever been to in Louisville that's a metal show has been like staying there, arms crossed, barely banging your head. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. From, like, that seeing, sucks. Like hardcore shows and stuff, and I'm I wanna, ready to like sing along and fucking get into it. And it's like I want to no get crazy. That's why I'm so excited about going to Riot Fest, because I'm like, yes. Yeah. This it's called Riot Fest. I, I'm not looking to get in mosh pits anymore, but I'm ready to throw my like throw a fist up in the air and fucking sing along and push back a little. Not too much, I'm getting old. <laughs> I can break bones now. I have bird yeah. bones basically. Yeah. They're hollow I'm like, and they break bird, bird bones. <laughs> it man, like I haven't been too into like mosh pits or anything, but I felt like nobody was even moving around, so I tried to get it started a couple times. And and people just like were not into it. One of my friends like totally like turned away from me. Like he didn't know me. I'm like I'm the asshole here. Like I thought I was at a metal show. You should have you know done I mean? hardcore dances, bro. Nah, I didn't want to actually like hit anybody. I was Pretty just trying to get. Food. I was just trying to get some movement going, like some fucking you know. And nobody knew shit there. They're just standing there watching them. I'm like, this is the headliner, and you're acting like it's the opener. So is there some sort of? Uh weird thing like they they're like this is metal but it's not that kind of metal i guess it's pretentious it's it's the it's a fandom it's a certain type of fandom that like oh we knew about this band like way before you knew about it so you know i mean it's just that attitude of like having they're so underground or whatever and like paul bear's not that underground anymore no I was you know what i mean and and when, and when they came out like they're, I mean, they're. I mean, they're. For me, for the venue I saw them at, they're still not like super famous. But I think oh, yeah. every person who listens to metal knows who fucking Paul Bearer is. They should. Like right now, I think. <laughs> I think that would. I would be surprised to find that there are a lot of people who are diehard metal fans that don't know about Paul Bearer. Yeah. But yeah, it just seemed like it was just like there was no energy there. There was. It wasn't that fun. And they did. They were fucking awesome, man. Oh, I just have had this at uh, the last few shows. Like people don't. It's, they don't engage it the same way anymore. It's not fun because everybody's out trying to look cool and trying not to get a black eye and shit. And like, because now it's because girls like metal, <laughs> you know. And you know, and there's, there's always a lot been more a metal. few. There's a, there's a I, I feel like in Denver especially there's a big scene for it because all like the hipster kids who went and got um fucking uh what do you call it like traditional tattoos and were listening to like 
Joanna Newsom and Devandra Banhart are now fucking into this metal band or this black metal band or this fucking <laughs> band. You know what I mean? And it's just like they just transitioned into another scene and I feel like everybody's there like, ooh, I have to buy this shirt and this shirt. It's great for metal bands because dumb fucking people are just throwing the money, but it like dilutes the fan base because it's not as fun to go to shows because of pretentious little assholes like that that fucking think they know exactly the best way to experience this band or whatever like it's like it's fucking pink floyd or something you know what i mean i'm just like where are your fucking balls you little nutsack <laughs> <laughs> and I, I turned around and i was like turned around i flipped them off back and i was like you guys are fucking lame <laughs> and they walked away because i would have killed them it's true i would not fight you your hair is because then then a mosh pit would have been on anyway i digress paul bear fucking be. rules like yeah, I mean, I get it too, but I haven't really seen like a good like. I don't know. I'm super excited for Riot Fest just to like, just to see like Refuse and like Thursday and stuff, man. Like, I'm like, how can you sit still while watching this shit? Yeah, right. Know. It's just because I like grew up with those records and they're like a part of me now. It's like there's no way I can't move to that shit, man. You know, it's like I saw Murder by Death in Louisville at a free show for like uh, fucking the derby or whatever and i was just is it like, is it storming there by the way dude it is i can't we, help that i can't I can, help the weather that's fine i can totally hear it it's cool yeah, it's, it's, it's cool wild. it's a dark fucking stormy night i know right i was listening to this <coughs> band uh called horse bath and it's really like have you heard of them Stefan? horse bath horseback like, oh no i haven't back. um they're like from like north carolina uh it's like one dude and he like writes everything and then he gets like friends to like come in and do the other instruments or whatever. But uh, cool. this album I picked up by them is uh, pretty atmospheric and just kind of just weird. And it's like all the thunderstorms were crashing in the background. I was like, oh my God, this makes this album so much better. What's it called? Um, oh God, hold on. I'm looking them up right now. I'm listening to this shit as soon as we get off of this motherfucker. Uh, it's called Piedmont Apocryphy. Uh, uh, here's right. the album cover if you need to see it. Uh, oh, but, it's uh, not on Spotify. They, uh, listen to Dead Ringers, though, because that album just dropped like last week, and it's fucking great, okay. dude. Um, their other okay. stuff is I'm way more that. metal, way more like Neurosis screaming kind of stuff. All right. Uh, but these, like, yes. this one and then Dead Ringers is uh, pretty... Pretty different. I'm interested. Like, I would like to do horseback as the next one. I love. Because I fucking love that record so much. But we'll see how I this love new finds. But, um, you know who's gonna bring the fucking thunder? It will be me, Stefan, Andrew, Joe, James, <laughs> going into uh, at the Ghost Heaven show. I'm gonna lose my Don't. shit. Probably get kicked out. Because how can you sit there with Death Heaven as an opening act? And it goes to Or vice versa. I don't care who's first or second. Dude, I wanted to say A plus uh, segue right there. I like that. It's my goal for this podcast. You're like a politician. Very good. Yeah, um, so just to fill the listener in, uh, we are all going to a show in October to see Death Heaven and Ghost. And hopefully we won't be gazing at our shoes too much, and we will be, you know, 
listening to some some devil worship. <laughs> <laughs> some devil, we're gonna burn the effigy and mock sacrifice the. I could get how like if you're listening to Death Heaven, because like like I've listened be... to New, Mer- New Bermuda and Sunbather quite a bit, so I kind of know the lyrics. Yeah. I, like, I know how you can sit there and not like scream along because it's like his voice is very, you know, like it's not made for. It's like watching Converge. You just kind of like let it happen. Maddie, watch out. There's a Frankenstein behind you. I know, right? It's fucking crazy <laughs> shit. It's right now. Uh, <laughs> lightning and shit. His lights go out. We're like, Maddie, hold on. We're sending I, help. <laughs> I know. I was like going to unplug my computer so I could continue this, but I'm kind of letting it charge as much as I can. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, I don't know how you could set still for Ghost, though. Like, if you just know an album, they're going to play something off of it. Right, you're gonna yeah. sit there, you're going to shout, you're going to throw your fist up in the air. And you're gonna be like, "Yes, Dark Lord, I love you." They got a good handful of jammers, man. Dude, yeah, like, Stefan, actually, could you rules. you've been to, you've seen them several times live? Could you explain yeah. your experiences with that? Yeah, the first time I saw them, <laughs> the first time I saw them was at this venue called the Marquee here in Denver, and it's really small, and they have a ton of great metal shows. I've seen Enslaved here, I've seen Skeleton Witch here, I've seen fucking. Um, I saw fucking oh, Glassjaw there a couple years ago. My God, man. It's the best venue in town for this kind of shit. Uh, and anyway, they come out with like burning incense and it's like a mass begins and it's like complete silence and people are like taking pictures and shit. And he gets out and he says a few things like begins the mass and shit like that. And then, and then the keyboards will kick in and then they'll just like jump right into the jams. But, um, I've seen and I think they have a little bit more like stage production now uh, in terms of like lighting and whatever. They're playing a lot bigger venues now. So it's going to be interesting to see how they've evolved as performers after two albums. Um, And and every one of them, I think like, you know, they're they're great albums, but at certain points they like lose me near at certain points in there. Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but they have a good handful of like really just great songs like they're a great rock band bar none yeah. and and the show is going to be so fun dude because i guarantee you all, between the th- the f- what five of us six of us five of us yeah i'm um, assuming uh james's lady will be joining as well. yeah yeah so between She's a fan of the deaf heaven so between all of us you know we're going to be singing all the jammers and stuff the ones that we like you know and that's going to be great because we're going to be like i like that one too I will be singing along to every ghost song I know, and I will yeah. be fully prepared to sing along. It's going to be so <laughs> fun. The money we threw down for these concert tickets. Yes, we did. I will be acting a fool. Dude, that's, it's going to be epic, man. We're going to lose our minds. Yeah. Uh, this needs to be documented on film. Yes. Yeah, game before. That's another thing. So when you guys are here, we want to film a lot of stuff. Um, if you are a cool. listener, if you could tweet us at Superhouse Pod about ideas for, for what we could do at the show or before the show or um, the week that they're here, uh, I'm not let us know. The tits. <laughs> um, okay, I'll do it for you, listeners. I'll do it for you. Woo! Maddie what, showed his tits on air. What do you guys think we could do? Like, like what could be like a video idea? We should get uh, some food and beer and talk <laughs> about, like, you know, like you were talking about, like, the Seinfeld, like, comedians and cars, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, you, uh, it could be like equal parts like catching up with each other, video games, like geek talk, getting not drunk but like having drinks or whatever. Just like at the couch. Yeah. At the couch type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know any bar work. that would let you film? <laughs> like during I the could, day. I can maybe work it, work that out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Cause then we could. Do you have any lav microphones? I do. I have one. We bring could, like, it. We could. Yeah, I have. A, I'll bring a bunch of equipment. Um. Uh. What was I saying? Yeah, but anyway, just set up like a little situation where maybe we could have a little space, a little bit of like fake some production value somehow. Maybe somebody's nice yard. I don't know. Whatever. Right. Well, I mean, Dude, I, worst I, comes to worst, Joey's got a nice couch. So yeah. Okay. We, yeah, we could do that. We stand in a backyard. We have a keg in the middle. <laughs> just fill up those cups and we just talk about shit. <laughs> yeah. What if we have one where we like we sit on the couch, like a moment where we sit on the couch and we're all we're playing a video game or like taking turns on it or fighting each other in Street Fighter. So like amidst the conversation, there's like fuck you, fuck you, no, you know, like. <laughs> battling each other or reacting to the game being played kind of like if you were a fly on the wall when like people like us were kids playing games nintendo and shit and like all the goofy shit that's going down while you're in will we be able to take a camera into this venue uh i think so i mean they usually allow that right yeah. i'll bring my iphone i don't know i was also thinking about maybe we should make fake passes so we'll be like, oh, we're from a podcast. We need to record this. Right, 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 right. Because <laughs> how the fuck stage. they going to know, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to check at that point. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, not even backstage. Just about, like, the like we could start off with us on the couch catching up. It's like, what, I get there on a Wednesday or whatever? Is that it? Yeah, it's like Wednesday, Wednesday. So Thursday will be, like, my first time probably hooking up with, like, probably Andrew. I mean, we might meet on Wednesday. But just us all sitting down in the same room together so we could do a little pre- pre-game before the show and then the trip to the show i just think we should document true. everything like a timeline everything, everything we can just like just fucking like let's get the yeah. sd cards whatever the fuck we need let's get it like you know uh get the money together let's do it let's shoot everything <coughs> and then we can just like you know someone can edit it together at the end just then like cut out all the like the fat or whatever and just get the good stuff but just to document the journey just for our own sakes so of yeah. being friends for 10 plus years you know I what think if we do it really fun what if we do it where like the couch stuff is uh just us sitting down for like a live not live but like between all the friends and stuff like a sit-in episode or actually yeah. interacting with one another and then we just film that and then have all this other stuff that we catch while we're there sorry what we catch while we're there that can be cut intercut into like the episode and shit maybe like visual references to stuff that happened either a day before or whatever i mean yeah i would like to document everything that happens in la i have some ideas just like soon as we get there just you know i i, I wish me and uh, Stefan, you and i were coming in together so there could be like this meeting yeah. at the airport and hugs and would, when do you get in whatever <laughs> uh, it's when you're coming in on tuesday right because i'm in on wednesday didn't you say two days before? You come in on Monday, maybe. I think I come in on Tuesday because okay. I got that day off. But either way, like I just think it'd be fun just to be like, because I plan on buying a camera for Riot Fest in Chicago and fil hopefully filming something. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. Uh, Rachel from Intergalactic, Intergalactic Circus is there, so I'm hoping to like That's hang true. out with her a little bit and just get some like her random stories she posts on Facebook. I love because it's just like being a woman in today's time. So I just want to talk about like what like when I see her at like the little booth she's gonna be at. I like want to 
see like what shitty guy stuff has already happened to her throughout the day. But um, yeah, it was so like I would just like I'll have the camera and then I'll just be like, all right, getting off the plane, first time in LA, don't know where the fuck I am. And then like seeing each other with cameras, it'd be so good. <laughs> That's like, a good yeah, idea. I, yeah, I just want to like film everything, and then we can inter- intercut stuff. Like if like Andrew can't be there for a day if he's got to work, or if like Baldish can't be there, or, like me and Baldish can go some do something, or if it's like me and Stefan just like, well, everybody's yeah. at work. Let's see what the fucking kind of mess we can get into today. <clears throat> just both of us with cameras, just filming everything, and just like kind of cutting this like weird documentary of LA with Superhouse or some shit. Like this shit could be an hour long. Someone could want to buy this shit from us. An epic tale of true bros. <laughs> Netflix original. Yeah. I think it but, could yeah, work. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I just think we should shoot everything. I mean, there's got to be like there's they'll probably like if we shoot as much as we can, there's got to be something there that can be used. I mean, even if it's not, just fucking put it on the internet, man. <laughs> then find find the show within all the footage that we shot. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. got to be something. I mean, I, I just think the fact of us all coming together again for the first time in fucking ten years is fucking... That's right. enough. Th- there's the story. Let's see what unfolds. <laughs> you know. It's like, like either, It's like a either found we're gonna go cra- Yeah, either oh, we're going to oh, go oh. crazy or we're just going to be 30-somethings <clears> that suck at life, so... And we need to all be in the same. We need to have like a separate thing where we uh, do a podcast all together in the same room. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, that should yeah. definitely be filmed. Like a lot and of fi- and film that great. as well. Yeah, yeah, film it as well. We should even like. Uh, we should do that. Periscope it on thing. somebody's phone and all that shit. Like live stream it. Yeah, that'd yeah, be awesome. Like, I watch a lot of those like on Facebook. Like when Kevin Smith is like live Facebook feed, and I'm like, oh shit. Then I'll just tune in. Yeah. Like I just watch he's the one where he's at hot topic. So that was pretty good. Did he's you see him on uh, Colbert, by the way? Oh, yeah. He's such a little... I love Kevin Smith so much. Colbert, I just watched this. Colbert was just like... He grabbed like his coffee mug and it's just like... Listening. <laughs> just listening to him. Because <laughs> he knew he was just going to talk and talk and talk. <laughs> Kevin Smith, uh, he seemed really nervous, too. Like He was like, oh, I'm on Colbert. He's just ah. a fan, dude. That's what's great about Kevin Smith. Yeah. He's a fucking fan. Yeah. And like he is just as like giddy as we would be. Like If we met him... It's, that's like how he is meeting anyone that he looks up to, you know. Yeah, he's he's like he's just like us. He's like the friend that made it. Superhouse yeah. podcast goals: get Kevin Smith on the shit. Basically, <laughs> I would love to do that, man. He's hardly ever awesome. uh, he's hardly ever on any any podcast, any other podcast that's not his own. Yeah, as far as I can tell. He has his own network. You should see if we could get under his network. Be on the yeah. smartcast. Man, that would be, be insane, be man. That would be the best. I actually, Smartcast I'm not going to go into details, but I have con- I have some connection, some very like uh, outer circle of Kevin Smith's circle. Oh yeah, and Andrew, I've been I've been trying to make contacts with them. You stop teasing me right now. <laughs> Even if I made contact with them, I don't think that we would be part of the smartcast network <laughs> immediately or anything. <laughs> It's like the dude running up his mixtape to Kanye West or something, like, listen to our shit. Yeah, yeah, it would be like <laughs> me meeting one of his other people, yeah. and then... I, I'm, you got 20 I, minutes. I would say, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck yes. I would, yeah, I'll fly out for that 20 minutes. And then we, we'd be like, hey, we had Adam Kroll on here, which I still can't believe. I look back on that, and I'm like, wow, we had a fucking celebrity on this thing. <laughs> yeah. We gotta do that shit again, man. 
I think I'll be able to do that via Ryan Sickler again, which uh, would be another comedian. Maybe not as big as Adam Carolla, but it would be somebody, uh, you know, that's doing something. Sweet. The the whole call-in thing to Google Hangouts also is like a a plus, because you could just do it from anywhere. Yeah. You know? Um, Let's see... Any closing comments on Ghost and filming ideas? I can't wait the fuck to get to L.A. That's for sure. We're going to lose our minds. Actually, uh, Johnson's not here, but did you guys want to, like, help me out with any videos that we I could do in Italy and Rome in November? Is this your first time there? Yeah, which is part of the, part of the struggle here because I, I, you know, I've been interested in going to Italy, but... Uh, like going to Tokyo, I know the area and has a like a very strong nerd culture already. Yeah. Right. So it's you know you can find stuff that's easy to film for for Superhouse, but Italy, I found that video game museum. Yeah. And uh, like it, it shouldn't just all be vi- you know video game shit, but you know it's got to have like kind of like our slant on it. Yeah, I would just say, I don't know if you can email someone at the video game museum or whatever, see if you can get that definitely locked down. You can right. at least talk to someone, or I don't know if you have if there are any like used game stores or any cool stores that you can like. You should look up French comic book stores. French. Yeah, there's like Black Sad, uh, Metabarons is like Spanish or French or something. There's so many good French comic book artists, man, and so many good um, comic books. You know, manga sells the most in France out of any other European country. Really? Yeah, the French really like comics. Yeah. There's some great... Milo Manara, fucking... Water is... No, he's Spanish. But Easter in Europe. I don't know. But I'll be... I mean, I'm going to be in Italy, bro, so... I mean, that's... Maybe I can find some Italian shit, but... I'm going to be basically in Rome probably 90% of the time. I might take a day trip to Florence. Yeah. I'm not really sure. It's the week of Thanksgiving. What are you going for? I'm just I'm going just to go like I found a cheap ticket online and uh I scour the internet sometimes when I you know I have free time at work and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I've I've been in Japan like a, a lot at this point so I wanted to go somewhere completely new. Yeah. And the Coliseum seems cool. Man. Like, yeah. I have said I did like the game museum or whatever but I mean I've never been. I want to see Andrew's take on it. I mean you might see the touristy yeah. shit. But you might go to some place like I would say try to choose some of the like out of like off the wall places, some of the weirder places that we don't know about. Um, I don't know if you know anyone who's been there. Or, I don't know. I might I don't know if be able to hook that there, up. But I can talk to Eric and see if he's been because he might know some shit. That's a good idea. I don't. I, he gets around Europe so much, so I don't know where he's been and where he hasn't been. But um. I just say film it all, man. Just like see what you get when you get back. Cut something together, you know. I mean. Yeah, I thought. I mean, the basic idea right now is to film that video game museum, and then also, of course, film like the Coliseum and other stuff, and kind of like throw it all together like a nerd travel video, kinda. You should reference I, I, Way of the Dragon. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna throw this out as a video idea: A Drunken Night in Rome. Starring Andrew Buck. He'll get mugged. You see what? Yeah, <laughs> Pro- probably I, will. I was over there for a month and nothing but drunk, and I never oh, really? got mugged. Yeah. And, 
<laughs> but you, have I, you been slept, to... I slept in a doorway in France. And Eric left me and then found me in the morning. Oh, and I was like, I looked up at him. He's, I was like, it's morning. He's like, I didn't leave you. I was like, you left me. They're like stupid Americans. People who didn't leave people don't boys. start off their sentences with, I didn't leave you. That means they left you. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I just like my trying to pass and, that off. I mean, I mean, do it with some people you know or like some people you've connected with or something. But well, we're gonna you know hopefully get an appearance from Johnson there as well. So uh, maybe oh, some God. shit's gonna happen. You know, we'll see. A night out with Johnson and Bush. Yeah, so that's some gonna be some pretty music playing, some Italian like romantic Bre music, Breakfast and then it's just Tiffany. debauchery. It's just debauchery for the rest of the video. I've gotten drunk with Johnson a couple times in Japan, and that shit was <laughs> hilarious and great. Uh, I can't wait for that video. I'm excited. There's this one time, this is a quick story, but one time in Shibuya, which is in Tokyo, we were getting, we were like drinking, and Johnson was there. He was visiting from Korea. And it's weird, dude. Like, when you're like a foreigner in Japan, you just meet random people, and y'all group up and y'all you all like you know go to karaoke or somewhere together randomly totally randomly never it would never happen here and we got a big group but there was one dude that was like super douchey we figured this out kind of midway through and Johnson was just like giving everybody the looks like hey let's get this guy, let's take this let's just leave this guy here so we just left this guy on the street and we all took a taxi somewhere else <laughs> Totally stranded that guy. Sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. I mean, he would have been <laughs> fine, but it was just, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in in Italy. I'm kind of forming the ideas now, and your your, your guys' ideas are really good as well. I'd like to see if there's like a difference in gaming between America and Europe. Know what I mean? Like, there's obviously one between Japan and America. Yeah. But with Europe, it's like. Yeah. What I don't kind know. of video games do they like in Europe? Probably like Counter Strike. I think it's I think it's more similar than Japan, but it's probably slightly different. I mean, they, Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed, they're they're a French company, I think. Yeah. And they're they're probably the biggest one, but there's some others. And uh, what else? Um, they're all around. There's probably a lot of smartphone game makers, but uh, I think uh, you know you'd probably see like stuff you'd expect, like more soccer game fans and Formula One game fans. Yeah, racing uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Formula One's like the second biggest sport in Europe. I heard after like like uh, continent wide. Yeah. Formula One's number two after soccer. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Maddie went to take a shit, and uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. Um, let's. We wanted to move into. Um, let's make the video game section just about <laughs> the third time about No Man's Sky, but I wanted to <laughs> specifically. There's been like a huge drop off, right? Yeah, it seems that way. People are, like, getting refunds back on the game, apparently, as of today. I read people are trying to, like, seeking out refunds for their purchase because it wasn't what was promised or whatever. And it's been, 
like three weeks since release, and it's just not yeah. what people wanted or whatever. It's, it's been up. It's it's been updated seven times with like little add-ons here and there, mostly bug fixes. It's it's a it's a beta game. It, like they got enough people's interest to get enough people's money in order to make a game that is like really great in concept and. You know, it's like it's still fun. I still really like the game, but it could use with a little bit more. Because um, then you start asking yourself, like, how many of these planets am I actually gonna want to see before I'm like, fuck it, let's go to center of the universe, or, you know, like, there's a few objectives throughout that you can kind of decide you can do, but there's not. It's a really chill out game. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't. Do you understand the drop off? You can kind of see that no, happening. No, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like people are turning their backs too early on something that is still trying to find itself because it, what it's showing us now is the state of like video game technology in a home. Like I have, I have like really old power outlets, and I have um, like, uh, well, regardless, it's 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 not a good setup enough to think you can run something like streaming a a game into your house or something like that, or having updates constantly coming through. So. Now right. I think they're seeing how, like, we don't really need the disks anymore, to be honest. Like, they're just running patches over a piece of software that could be transferred anyway. Right. So, so you know, it's like it's good for them at this point because it's such a fantastic game that it seems like they left some room for error so they can hone in on what people might want. Um, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them in the ass because it seems like the backlash to me seems a little extreme. Um, but you know, I think I think in time it will lead to something good. Do you think <laughs> it'll ultimately become like an indie, kind of a big, big? Yeah, indie it'll hit? it'll be one of those games. I think I think I think it it tried to tap into the Destiny audience maybe a little too much, maybe. Okay. And, or maybe not even that, but maybe it tried to tap into a market that wasn't solely its demographic. And and it is more of an art game than it is like uh, an objective game. In that way, it's like kind of like a simulator. It's like a it's a fantasy simulator of 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 you know for the most part realistic physics and um, the interesting like way that the game maps out terrain stuff like that, which you do end up seeing. But um, because the game is so big, they're starting to see more. Uh, more things that could there could have been more of, and then more things that need to be fixed, and more things there could be less of. Um, so I, I was reading the list of suggestions for that the other day that seemed okay. Just like have more interactivity with the world, I think people want even down to like having control of your ship enough so that you could crash it. You know, um, there I was wish a it was... mod for that, right? There's somebody cracked it. Yeah, on the PC I'm sure. version? Yeah, I'm sure. But I got a fucking PS4, man. And I like, I, I think that too. I'm like, just let me fly through that. You know, there's like a piece of terrain that makes like a loop or something or a canyon, and you want to fly through it. You know, and you, you almost can because it's such a beautiful game. With the with the patches that have been put on now, it's it's gotten better looking. I played it even before the very first patch. The launch patch was, um, and people are gonna be saying this shit like this a lot. Like I played it way before fucking whatever. But there were significant changes from um, the launch patch into like the third and fourth and fifth. It looks way better than. I just would say don't give up on this game right away. But it's a slow burn. 
Like I haven't, I've taken long breaks from it, and I've played it for really long spans of time. So I'm, I'm hoping they add more shit with patches and stuff and kind of gauge what the fans might want as well as keeping their concept intact. Maddie, what do you think? I mean, um, like, as far as the drop-off is concerned. I mean, I think it's unwarranted, just, you know, people's reviews of this. It's, I don't, uh, from, I didn't really, like, follow it very much. I just knew about it. And what I got when I put the game in is what I expected. I don't know what people are expecting from this game. I mean, it's not like Activision or, like, a big fucking company made this shit. It's, like, 15 dudes, you know, making a game that they thought would be interesting and it is interesting it's not like anything else out there there's i the thing i like about it is the exploration aspect i don't really like anytime like a something occurs that i have to fight something i almost feel i'm almost like when i'm playing it i'm like i don't want to fight anything i just want to see stuff um which i feel like most games i play is like you're consistently i'm consistently fighting stuff all of the time you know, I'm running into an area, I have to fight it automatically, it shows up red, it's a bad guy. Uh, it's kind of nice just to, like, explore. Uh, I haven't played it in a while, I've been trying to read a lot more, because I spent a lot of time playing video games, and I'd only, I've only read, like, four books this year, and I usually try to read, like, 25 to 30, so I was like, oh shit. Um, but I haven't played it since the new patches have gone. I'm kind of trying to wait till. Maybe a couple more patches go in just to see, like, jump back into it and see what's changed. Um, I like it, though. I'm kind of with Stefan on it. I, I don't feel like people should forget about this or be trading it in or getting their money back. I feel like uh, it's going to be a cult classic of a game. And I feel like maybe it's not for this generation, but I feel like it'll probably be looked upon yeah. by other generations as something that was a way ahead of its time and will be played. And we'll be old men, and people will be like, Grandpa, have you ever played No Man's Sky? I remember when I bought it the day of. Here's the receipt. Once, no Man's once, Sky you're playing isn't anything like the No Man's Sky I played. So, I don't, I mean, I, I, I just, I think there's a lot they can do with it, and especially with, like, the way video games are today, you could, you know, they could change it. They can give you the, it could be to the point where each, whatever experience a person wants, they can find, and hopefully they can get to that point. Because I feel like Stefan was saying, you don't really need the game disc anymore. It's not like a, like the game you buy is not the game you could ultimately end up with playing. Because there's yeah. so much patches, so much stuff done to it to make it different, to make it look better. You know, like I kind of like go back to Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Those games are self-contained. There's nothing they can do with those. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what they'll do with The Last Guardian since there are all these updates. Like, yeah. is that going to be a self-contained game or is that going to be something that can be added on to? But also, too, I think when you look at No Man's Sky, you see the cover art, you see the what the game looks like. You have to know you're going into a different game than fucking Call of Duty. Like, this is definitely, like, it looks pretty. It's an R game, you know. Uh, it's, you know, I feel like video games, they all have this look, and you have to do this certain thing, and you forget to be an art form. They are an expression of a team building them because everybody wants the next blockbuster. They want the next, you know... God of War, Gears of War. Uh, well, Stefan said something really interesting before. Like he said that, like, while the game, like these games, a, a lot of games are trying to copy cinema. Yeah. Th those are really good. I mean, we all like those games, but you know, for a game to kind of lean into what the medium 
is more without trying to copy yeah. an, another medium. Yeah. There's, yeah, I think me, there's, there's worth in that. More akin to read. Sorry, it's more akin to reading a book, in the in the way that I like um. Spending time with it, I guess you know. And there's like, like the best thing about this game is where you end up finding yourself and like the thoughts that I end up having while I'm playing it. So it's been, there's so much potential there. Is that I feel like once we get to VR, you know, No Man's Sky will make a lot more sense because yeah. it's it's a simulation unto itself, but it's lending toward lending all these ideas, just throwing them out there for that era of gaming to come in and like sweep that up and and like VR is going to change everything man. It's just like I mean I kind of look at it as like when you go to a movie like you you should probably research like I remember a good example is like when I went and saw Tree of Life by Terrence Malick. A lot of people walked out of that the people I was sitting ne- next to just like were fidgety and huffing yeah. and puffing throughout it's the It's an expectation thing. thing. And it's like what the fuck it says Terrence Malick it says Tree of Life and I know Brad Pitt's in this shit but you should know that this shit is going to be an hour and so long, but it's gonna th- feel like it's three fucking hours long. Yeah, definitely. You should know how a fucking Terrence Malick movie works at this point. Like, and you don't you have, have a lot to do of this research. And No Man's Sky is like that. It's like 2001. That movie's not super easy to set through, but people sit through it and they're like, "This shit is fucking brilliant." Or any of those movies that you have to like, you have to fucking give yourself to, to like get the experience out of. Not like every film is a fucking, you know comic book movie where you can just sit down have a good time and walk the fuck out of it you know there was a really bad example that, uh, when 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 drive came out there was supposedly this woman that like wanted to sue the theater because it wasn't like a fast and furious type movie yeah well and i that, mean i would like when i saw that movie i read the book and it was different from the book but i didn't sue anybody so yeah okay yeah it, i, I it, thought it that was a, with, such a great movie man it has to do with the expectations that people get from like the marketing of yeah. these movies and and sometimes they're so far off base that it creates like these little like cult films out of yeah. these things but they're controversial because people it wasn't what they expected to get and like the movies you were mentioning in comparison to No Man's Sky there's not a whole lot of video games you can compare to those types of movies because as great as video games are and as many like experiences as we can have through those games and stories and different franchises and stuff we don't have too many of them that are like you know comparable to like Moby Dick or something like that you know we just have a bunch of Batman Begins and a bunch of you know the good the good shit but well yeah like No Man's Sky is a different game for uh, people who might not be ready for it it's like nothing like I can't right, do yeah. anything that yeah, just like doesn't have like this game I mean, it'll it has an end if you want it to, but it for seemingly it is never ending. You can play this game forever. You know, um, I don't feel like there's anything that's. I mean, maybe like World of Warcraft or something like where you just continue to play for hours and. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like it is like, it's it's a different game for a different type of people, and I think the people who are getting it, got in on the hype. Did, like yeah. you know might have been destiny fans might have been like and i like these games too i'm not saying any of this is wrong for you to like but th- no man's sky just might not be your game like it's not a fallout game it's not you know it's not doom yeah. it's not dark souls it's, it's a totally different breed and in, in it's kind of like an rpg itself. for the non-rpg crowd you know yeah. it has you do just enough things to kind of get the idea of what could be possible with like a mining and crafting 
because I think a lot of people want a lot more of that um, and just a lot more freedom to interact with characters and stuff and because yeah. mostly like one of them one of the things I read is like or what you see while you're playing the game is like most characters are like sitting down or just standing stationary which is cool because I think it lends to the aesthetic it's kind of like an old Super Nintendo RPG yeah. but it would be nice if there was more variety there in in, in in actions or occupations like imagine if you walked up to some being just standing outside like working on one of these shelters or whatever that you see everywhere these little factories or way stations or whatever they are there's just yeah. so much potential here that I think like yeah maybe it's like it's too much for people to I don't know it seems like on one hand there's like so many options but then on the other hand there's certain things are limited so maybe it has it needs room to grow and for people to be getting like refunds and shit back on it like it's just 60 bucks man like however I do agree with that in some sense because pre-orders do you know your pre-order doesn't promise you a good game it doesn't even in this case and many other cases promise you a finished game so all these pre-orders are pumping money into the video game industry, but what the fans are actually reaping is subpar gaming experiences that had so much potential. There's no, like, shooting in the game, though, right? Just in... Yeah, I mean, they're shooting. Yeah, they're shooting, and you're, you can make your guns pretty powerful, too. But it's not... It's more like... You know, it's more... It is more like Star Trek in that sense, where it's more about the exploration... And discoveries, like the things you come across, really do consistently surprise you, even though you've gone from planet to planet to planet. Like after 25 warps or something like that, it's just like, what am I doing with myself? Like, yeah. what even is this existence of just jumping from, why didn't I just stay on the first planet? You know? It brings up interesting emotions, for sure. And so I think maybe some people weren't able to confront some of those things because it immediately starts to m have you dwell on like your existence and your survival and stuff like that and what is necessary but there's not enough incentive like an emotional incentive to pull some people through this 18 quintillion planets or whatever it is you know it would be nice if there was something personal about that part of the experience because that would guide people directly through space you know if you had some purpose even if it was like building bases or setting up colonies or something like yeah. that you know, generations could pass. Cool. That would be fucking awesome. You just see how things grow. Come back to it, you know, No Man's Sky 2, or Every Man's Sky. <laughs> That's the thing about No Man's Sky. I don't need a part two. It's just like, just call it No Man's Sky and just add on to it. Like, yeah, just work on it. Okay, th this this uh, this patch is you can gather materials to build your own colonies. This will, Like, I think a big thing would be at this point, like I said, uh, I think in the last podcast, would be to... Uh, Make it where I can meet Stefan or Andrew out yeah. in this universe and be like, hey guys, come check out the adventure. colony. I have a bunch of like shit here. And it could be us just exploring a planet and like running into some like wildlife that fucking hates us or something. It's just like, yeah. you know, and I mean, even like, you know, maybe an enemy or something, but like, not that you would run into them all the time. But like, I kind of go back, like, just thinking about this game, I think about Serenity and like the Reavers and stuff when they're flying through that, like, um, when they're flying through all that debris in yeah. that one part, and it's like you don't know who's a bad guy and who's, and then and like all the ships come after him, and it leads to the finale of the film. But I just like something like that. Just um, you know, there's little things you can do to make this game better. 
or you know just to add to it i don't know i mean I still feel like it has a lot of room to grow. I don't feel like the makers of it are done. I'm sure they had a lot of ideas, and hopefully they can. I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah. still I'm still pretty early into it, so you know, I'm also not a person that games like hours upon hours every day for the most part. So yeah, I have to take breaks, especially with a game like this, because there's so much. There's so much you could do. Just thinking about it is just kind of daunting sometimes. And that's what makes it challenging in a lot of ways. It's like, how much of an explorer are you? Like, how far do you want to go? Yeah. You know, the one thing that makes Star Trek cool is that there's always them chasing into the unknown, you know? I feel like if somehow things got stranger and stranger, which they do at points, but not enough of it to make it feel like you're interacting with an actual world. It seems like the illusion is pretty easily broken. I actually posted in the in the Star Trek subreddit about No Man's Sky, yeah. and usually, you know, people say that like they're afraid of of redditors, you know, like they're really like tough crowd usually. Yeah. But like I was upvoted a lot, and I wasn't even part of that community really online. And it was like fifty comments, like it really got them talking. Like No Man's Sky, like really hit a chord amongst Star you know, Trekkies. Yeah, yeah. You know, definitely, because it's like it. it feel, almost sometimes what I'm thinking about is like this is the very beginning. If you've watched any kind of Star Trek series, it's pretty much laid out. You know, out there discovering the unknown, new planets, new civilizations, and shit. But this is like the very beginning. This is like somebody thinking like, hey, what if we unified all these races and all these people that we interact with? Which so far in No Man's Sky you can't interact with many people because it would be nice to trade with other people and like kind of barter with other people or even talk to them with your microphone and be like, well, like, where'd you come from? Where are you going? You know, the, the potential of interactivity between these games is, is just, we're just scratching the surface. I feel like. That's not even saying that No Man's Sky is going to do this or do those things, but I feel like it's. Well, this was ideas in your head. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it, it could, I don't know. Just don't, don't return your games. (laughs) Just, Hold yeah. Out for a little while longer, I'm sure things will get better. Um, I'll probably pick it up on that first price drop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way things are going, it's probably going to happen sooner or later. So. Yeah. yeah we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it then. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I I feel like it's too early to just like give this game away or go into GameStop and re- request the fucking refund or whatever. It's like. You made your choice. Just fucking live with it, man. Everybody makes choices every day, and they have to live with them. It's like it's just, like Seven said, it's sixty dollars. There are worse things you could be doing with your life than buying a sixty-dollar game, you know, and thinking it's boring. So, I don't know. I like the I like that it's different, and they took kind of a risk, and I don't know. I think ultimately it's going to end up in a good place in gaming history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts on that, dudes? Nah. Stop bitching about No Man's Sky. Yeah. This is this has Over. been our own ongoing coverage of No Man's Sky. But continue to dream big. <laughs> A game I have not even played, but I've been very interested in. <laughs> uh, let's we'll, see. We'll, we'll do one more once Andrew gets it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one final one. One final one. Uh, let's see. Um... I kind of want to jump to the Justice League Dark Director talk. 
Yes. So Justice Justice League Dark, which is the team that's more magic based in the DC universe. Uh, think Avengers, but with their magic characters such as uh, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, Dead Man, Constantine, Etrigan the Demon, and a few others. It depends on the series, I think. Actually, them them calling it Justice League Dark is a fairly recent thing. I think it came out with the new Fifty Two. Yeah, it did. They were teaming up a little bit here and there, but to actually call it Justice League Dark, that's like a new thing, which makes sense. It's it's cool. Um, anyway, Doug Lyman is directing, which apparently he was pulled away from Gambit to do this one. Uh, yeah. It looks like Gambit is a fucking mess. I would I I would like I think Channing Tatum's a great pick for that, and I I like that he like gave a shit. It seemed like it was his idea to get Lyman on board and to push production back. That movie should have came out like uh, November this year. Right. And uh, they haven't even gotten past the script process. They, they lost their director. I'm turning this Justice League Dark into a Gambit conversation. But, That's fine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, back briefly to to Justice League Dark. I Personally, I, I think that... I think Del Toro actually did write the script, or he wrote the first version of the script. So yeah. he, I think that at least it will have a Del Toro touch, I hope. And cool. Lyman did... Uh, Live, Die, Repeat, or Edge of Tomorrow, whatever you want to call it. All You Need Is Kill. Yeah, All You Need Is Kill, and I thought that was an excellent sci-fi movie. The book's fucking great. I I, I haven't read the book, but I I, I like that, you know, it was written by a Japanese author, too, so that's cool, but, uh, uh, you know, what did he do first? What did Doug Lyman get famous for? Born Identity. Born Identity. So, yeah, so not quite so nerdy, but also, but a a good movie, though. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, he also directed. Yeah, so I, th- I think that, you know, we're in for some good stuff, and it'll be in the Jeff Johns era. And uh, I'm personally looking forward to Swamp Thing the most. Um, what do you guys uh, have to say about all that? I'll go. Take it away. I'm just, I think he's not a good choice for it. Um, I feel like you need, like, a Del Toro. I would really like to see a horror movie director do something with this. Um I, I don't know, man. Like, I've never seen him do anything really dark. I mean, I guess Edge of Tomorrow at some points gets pretty pretty dark at some points, but I'm just afraid it's going to be like... I want to see, like, Demont... Like, I don't know, like, what the story's going to be, but I feel with, like, De Tor- Del Toro, you're going to get a lot of mysticism. You're going to get weird books and shit. And I feel like... Del Toro would have been better. He would have been better, but I, I'm I not like totally him, against Lyman. I just feel like bringing in Lyman, you're just going to get, like, a straight-up action movie. Yeah. And yeah. that's what that's what concerns me. It's like I want to see the magic, you know, like what we're going to get with like I mean Doctor Strange will be out by then, so maybe we'll learn something. Like I want to see a lot of magic. I want to see you know, I want to see like horror stuff. Like that's what Justice League Dark is. They like come in to deal with the magic shit that the normal Justice League has no like they don't even know what to do. Um it'll be interesting to see the animated movie which will be out before it just to see like how dark it goes but if you're like gonna have like the demon in it and shit like that like it's gonna have to go to some like horror movie levels you know like swamp thing isn't like like i just feel like it's gonna be like super bright and it's just not gonna have the look that i want not even that like i mean del toro can get there and i think he would have done a great job but it's just like just watching like don't breathe by fetty alvarez like i think he has a great visual style i think he would have been great for this movie like the guy can write 
He wrote a great fucking remake of Evil Dead. No one thought it could be done. It's gory as shit. It's a totally different story. It goes above and beyond my expectations of what... like, Because Evil Dead to me is like a horror comedy. And this is just like a straight up fucking horror movie. Um, and then just seeing Don't Breathe is also just a great little like home invasion horror film. Which is great. We don't see... like it's it, Especially with the twists in it. Um, but he gets those dark darks and just like takes it to those places... And that's what I think Doug Lyman is not going to get. Like, they're getting someone who can make a solid action movie. Like, they'll get people who don't know what Justice League Dark is or even who give a shit about the characters to come in and see it. You know? I also feel like he's probably... Like, I think one of my biggest beefs might be that, like, Matt Ryan won't come back to be Constantine, that they'll cast a lot of big actors to play these roles. And I'm just like, no, this needs to be, like... That's why I want, like, Del Toro or, like, a horror movie director to cast, like kind of unknowns or people who are up and coming because I don't really need to see like Brad Pitt be Constantine or whatever. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting if they like made James Wan the director of this, but I don't see well, I love that he's doing ducking Aquaman. out. Yeah, I, I just see like that's why I love that James Wan got Aquaman. Also, Spider-Man Homecoming is directed by a guy who made a movie called Clown, which I haven't seen yet. It was about a dad who puts on a clown costume that basically inhabits his body and he becomes an evil fucking clown who kills children. Like, this is the guy you're getting to make the new Spider-Man movie? Like, like these are cool choices. Like, people who can get to go to those dark places and make up these weird, you know. And that's, and like, I don't need that for Spider-Man, you know. But, I like, I would love, because, like, the ocean scares the shit out of me. That's why I love that James Wan is doing fucking Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. He's going to do some weird fucking shit with that Aquaman movie. It's going to be great. It's going to be action-packed. It'll probably have some scares in it that people don't see coming, which I think will be great. Just to give, like, but I don't think Doug Lyman is the right person to do this movie. Like, when you said, like, when it was announced, I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I remember your reaction, yeah. I was just like, no. Like, out of all the people, like, and Doug Lyman, at this point, you have to pay that motherfucker some decent chunk of change to make a fucking movie, probably. You know, he's made good movies. They've made shit tons of money. Like, why wouldn't you have cast, like, a smaller horror director that had really great ideas, like... The guys who are doing, like, the Blair Witch remake, like, who did The Guest and You're Next, great fucking directors, probably would make a fucking killer-ass Justice League Dark movie. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a wrong choice. I think they should have went a horror movie route, or, because it's like, to see what's going on with, like, Marvel now is, like, they've taken a lot of comedy, people who've written a lot of comedy to come in and, you know, make changes to scripts or even direct these movies, and it's been great. So why wouldn't you choose someone who would be right for this film? Someone who directs horror. I mean, not to say that Doug Lyman's Justice League Dark could come out and I'd be like, you remember fucking a year ago on August 28th, uh, Superhouse Podcast number 26, I was fucking wrong as shit. (laughs) But, you know, my first reaction I have to go with is like, I don't think he's a good pick. I think Del Toro would have been great. I also think they probably wanted a lot of changes from Del Toro's script that he didn't want to make and just ultimately dropped out because it wasn't going to be the movie he wanted to make. So, like, what does that say about getting Doug Lyman in, that he's like a yes man who will make the movie they want? Is that a good direction? You know, how much is Jeff Johns going to have to do with this movie? You know, like... Everything, I think. I think he's heading up everything that gets made so far. So, I mean, maybe I mean, it'll be good. Maybe it'll on. be fine. Maybe it'll be like Lyman's like, oh, shit, I never saw the side of him before, and his Swamp Thing was fucking kick-ass. You know, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I just don't... I could think of other hor- like other directors I would have liked to have seen made this movie over. 
Yeah, horror um, director would have been preferable, of course. Do you think that uh, if they do Etrigan, will he be CG, like a Groot or something? Or will he be a guy in a suit like uh, like uh, Killer Croc? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see a practical suit. I think it's done. I mean, I, I like um, the Hellboy look. I also think Hellboy probably could have used a little CG to maybe give him those, like... I, like, I, I love the design of Hellboy in the comics, so I would have liked to have seen more of that, but I like the practical. I don't know. I, I'm not even worried about the demon. I Like, my focus is on Swamp Thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel if it's too CG, it won't look cool, because I need that practicalness of, like, a man in a suit, but, like, covered in, like, fucking swamp. Plus, you know? like, a tall green guy, it's it might seem very similar to Groot to a lot of people. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I definitely think they have to, like, there's that like that uh, CG of him walking that's been released. Yeah. Um, I definitely think they have to go that bigger, bulkier route with him. Yeah. Um, I definitely think they have to like kind of play off some of the old Swamp Thing where it like looks like his face is more of a skull. Because I mean, Swamp Thing's not like, but like Groot is kind of like, like when you look at Groot, you're kind of like, oh, that Groot's kind of cute. He's kind of a weird looking creature, but like I've seen worse looking creatures, you know. Like, you can kind of, and like, plus it, Groot is already established at this point of being like kind of a nice, you know, he's there to help out the crew, you know? Yeah. He sacrificed himself ultimately to save them, so uh, Swamp Thing you're going to get something different with. He is there to save the, like, he is only there for the swamp and the, war, like, the, uh, you know, the environment, basically, a Swamp Thing. So he doesn't want to harm, so you're going to get this different kind of being altogether. Um, so I don't really think they'll be like people will probably draw comparisons, but I, I don't know. Like you shouldn't. Swamp Thing can be good. He can be bad. It's I would like to see maybe them kind of fight Swamp Thing in the beginning, but then ultimately have to join sides with him to take out a bigger threat. I haven't read the Justice League Dark uh, run, but I was at a panel one time like two or three years ago where they were explaining it, and they said that like in Justice League, Superman and Batman more or less sort of kind of smoothly form the justice league they get together yeah. and it's like it's a common cause and it's kind of what you expect but constantine is the head of justice league dark and he cons them all yeah he tricks them all into I mean, joining have you read it you've read it um i have not read the justice league dark stuff it, i was i was trying to find it and uh many times it got bought out from under me when i was working at half price books I will be. Re I, the only thing I know is the first Justice League Dark that came out. The guy, this guy, was writing I Vampire, which is a cool comic. And so he tied in Justice League Dark to the I Vampire universe. Um, so like their first villains in the first volume are like the bad guys in the I Vampire. Like the Justice League has to come in and help this main character in this comic defeat like the ultimate evil vampire. Right. So I don't know what they'll be going off of. That's all I know of the first volume. But second volume, I think Jeff Lemire came in to write it, and I know it took a different change of like what they were fighting and like what. So I haven't read those, but just like on characters by themselves, like Constantine, like got to be an asshole, man. Like, yeah, it's got to be. You know, um, he has to be using everyone in this group for his ultimate gain. Right. So I think the movie has to be set up that Constantine is in a pickle has to get out of it. The only way he knows to get out of it is to get this other random cast of characters. Yeah, I so. think that could be like the main difference. Like, like the Avengers have obviously a lot of infighting, but uh, 
Well, I mean, you it's know. called Justice League Dark, so it's definitely got to be darker. It's got to be. Yeah. I'm not saying it needs a R rating or anything. It's just you know you got to throw some f bombs in there. You got to you know you got to have a shitty uh, British guy as the leader who doesn't want to be the leader. They need to just know? make it like Monster Squad, dude. Just with <laughs> all the yeah. all all the Justice League Dark characters. I mean, I just I mean I think like uh, hopefully if they use some of Del Toro's script or get a good writer in there, it'll be fine. I just think visually that Doug Lyman isn't the best choice for it, um, but that's me. I mean, you know, my vision of what a Justice League Dark, like, just with the like the Swamp things I've read throughout my years, like the Alan Moore stuff to, like, Scott Snyder stuff, you know, to some of the Constantine stuff I've read, um, you know, it's it's got to be darker, man. It's got to have that gritty feel to it, and I'm just afraid he got chose to be pulled off Gambit or whatever to make a more socially acceptable justice league dark you know um possible which, i mean del toro has so much pull and if if they were it's if they were connecting like, it with we, the if they if they if they ran like a similar marketing campaign that they did with suicide squad it would have made a lot of money i mean they they were so, it seemed like there was so much money put into that marketing for suicide squad it seems to be paying off though i mean they just got knocked to number two because it don't breathe uh this weekend good i'm glad but um yeah like the thing is, like, the whole setup for fucking Suicide Squad would have made a great fucking Justice League Dark movie. And it's got yeah. a, Enchantress yeah. as a villain? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Some ancient fucking magic that, like... That's the thing that bugs me the most about Suicide Squad, and I've said it before, is, like, I don't get fighting magic with guns. It just doesn't make sense to I me. I know. The, the, that's when, like, Katana should have had a much bigger role in that yeah. Soul Taker sword. Katana like, would have been better in a Justice been... League Dark movie. You know what? It'd be cool to see her like kind of show up and show the Soul Taker sword more. Like if they want to mix all these characters in, and also diversity, you know, like yeah. uh, that's definitely something that could work. You know, plus they, they would need to release this thing around Halloween, man. I mean, fuck, just lean into the horror aspect a little bit. You know, the monster aspect. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they're deciding instead of just doing this animated film, which I'm. Super excited to see that. Um, I'm glad that they'll be like, because if there's anything I want, it's what I want DC and like not necessarily Marvel because I can't think of any Marvel characters right offhand that are like big like supernatural like based off monsters from like horror films or anything it, like that. But it I would be you would this. be getting into their magic universe with Doctor Strange and maybe Thor. Like there's a whole like magic. They all blend of course, but there's like a magic side of Marvel. Yeah. The cosmic but, universe or some shit. I, the thing I want from Justice League, basically what I want is an Animal Man movie based <laughs> off the Jeff Lemire run. It's so good. It's so family-oriented, oriented, but it's so fucked up. And, like, it's like, ah, dude, it's like superhero movie meets, like, fucking Hellraiser. It's so fucked up. It's so good. Like, that's what I want. And then, like, Swamp Thing comes in in it, and then they cross universes, like, you had to read the comic book simultaneously. I heard that actually. I I, I want to read that. Uh, you have to read them like back and back to back, kinda. Yeah, well, basically, like an animal man. Like there's these like beings from like. So like so Swamp Thing is like green and lush, and he keeps everything lush and perfect, you right. know. And then there's this thing called the rot, which is everything that's rotten, like dead animals. And these are basically your villains for, the Swamp Thing slash. Animal Man universe. So Animal Man can be call upon. He's basically Beast, uh, like he's kind of like Beast Boy, but he can't like turn into them. He can just draw upon their powers and maybe manipulate his body a little bit. But it's about him not wanting to be a superhero anymore. He's become an activist, 
for animals, and he's become an actor to make more money because making money as a superhero fucking sucks because you don't really make any. Yeah, I I think I've read that part, yeah. And so he's trying to make money for this cause, and like, so, and what happens is his daughter gets his ability. She doesn't know how to use it, so he's trying to teach her how to be like the next animal lady or whatever. But there's also the rot that come in, and they're trying to, like, get Animal Man and all this shit and, like, get his daughter because she is, like, the chosen one in this rot world to bring them to this. It's, like, fucking, like, it's fucking weird, but it's so good. And it's, like, there's this, like, family mentality because, like, his wife doesn't have superpowers and his son doesn't. And it's, like, his son dealing with the fact that he doesn't have powers and his his sister does and, like, how his dad likes his sister more because... It's just like, it's like you don't see that in comic books, you know? You don't see a family dynamic. You're really selling this, man. I think I might actually pick this up. It's a lot of fun. I read like three volumes. I haven't read everything because I think uh, Jeff Lemire jumped off after a while to do something else. But uh, Charles Sewell jumped on Swamp Thing, I think, after him. Yeah, after Scott Snyder. And they said Um, that was a good run as well. Yeah, I, I need to catch up on a lot of it. There's just so much to read all the time in the comic book universe. It's hard to, like, keep up. If you like go a month without reading a comic, like anything, you're just lost. Like you what? just catch up. I, you know, I'm I I've always been a fan, kind of like like a casual fan of Swamp Thing, but like other than like you know his powers and the way he looks and shit, and I know he like he's you know in love with Abby. Yeah. What's his like personality like? Oh, I mean, he's the thing. Like, well, you should read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Uh, the way I have, out, I've read that actually. Well, you know how like how he becomes is like he's kind of like a he's just there for the swamp to he's save pr- it. Protector like, type yeah, guy. Like, and he has some remaining memories of who he was as a human, but basically his feelings are for the swamp. Like, if you hurt anything within his general vicinity, which I forget how long how far his powers can stretch, because it varies from like comic to comic. Like, he could feel like a tree being chopped down in fucking Chicago. But he's like from Louisiana, like that. I get it, but like at the same time, it's like ah, it's pretty like. Yeah, don't but, they say uh, he could like kind of teleport via the green? Yeah, like he like he, he could he, actually like kill you because if he teleported to the flora in your stomach, and pop yeah. out of your stomach, alien style. Yeah, like he has like I mean it just depends on who's writing the comic and stuff at the time and like what powers they decide to give him. But my the swamp thing I like is the swamp thing that like basically ate the doctor who he was and then turned him into what we know as swamp thing so it has some idea of what it is to be human but he doesn't necessarily know like it's like a new being because like in uh, alan moore's swamp thing all his like guts and stuff are made from like like you know like different kind of plants and shit but it's just simulated into this human form it was right. some memory of who he used to be like so he's not like super smart or anything i mean i think there are different tailings the swamp thing, like, is, like, he's human, then he, like, de- call on fire, then the swamp saved him, and then, like, something he drank before. Like, It's kind of like a Beauty and the Beast type of thing, right? But he can't yeah. turn back. He's, yeah, like, he a, he's back. the beast that's always the beast, but he, yeah. That's, that's, an, that's an aspect of the story, right? Yeah, the story I like is just this being that is fully the Earth, Mother Earth or whatever, just trying to protect it. And he doesn't really have any sympathy for the most part. Okay. But I feel like there is a human element to him. So I think that's why sometimes he's can kind of like, sometimes when you read like Dallin Moore stuff, he's almost like a villain at times 
because he's just killing people who might not know better. You know, like I mean, right. like like people are cutting down trees because that's their job, and he might destroy a whole construction crew because, you know, he doesn't take the time to tell them like, hey, this is wrong. You're hurting me. You're you're hurting the world. Like he just destroys them because they're destroying him. So I mean, I think in in a movie aspect, you'd probably have to humanize him a little more just because you have Groot now who is a tree. Yeah. Preacher. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to like definitely have you like. The backstory for him would probably have to be different from like what Alan Moore. It would have uh, to be like kind of like Groot, but more buff looking, and yeah. same height pretty much, and uh, more more kind of like a badass. Well, like Groot, was, Groot, although he did like kill all those dudes with one fell swoop, and then smiled at the camera. Yeah. But like he's and still something very out. lovable. They're just knocked out. Oh, he impaled them, dude. Like they're gone. They're knocked out. He didn't hit vital organs. That's that okay. shit was fucked. That shit was fucked <laughs> up. But uh, that's ja- that's James Gunn for you, man. Yeah. But uh, fuck. Uh, yeah. I mean, shit. We're. I think uh, just making more of a badass, a little bit darker. Well, um, I think the thing too would be cool about yeah. Swamp Thing is is like he could vary in size. Like he presents himself as a normal man or whatever, man size. But I would love to see just like him build himself up to like giant swamp thing or something. Just the way he's drawn in some of the new fifty two stuff is great. Like when he gets mad when he's like more angry, he gets bigger or something. Like they can do so much that's the great thing about Justice League Dark and like some of this stuff is it's like just the trippy shit they'll be able to do with the camera. Cause it's magic. You can just say, Oh, why did Swamp Thing grow that big? Or like, why was this happening? Oh, it's magic. Right, right, right. So It'll be interesting. But that's why I'm excited to see Doctor Strange is just because you get to see all this trippy shit. You don't have to explain it except with it's magic. And you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. I, I like the fact that they're, they're re- with Doctor Strange are leaning into that drug culture f- from which it Doc, that character seems to have been born from. Yeah. That 60s LSD trippy ass shit. Like you even see it kind of in the Marvel logo when that shit comes on, you know. Um and and even Feige's talked about it and uh, yeah man it's uh it's gonna be nuts I'm I'm really looking forward to to November they say there's all those people complaining there's too many superhero movies but like right now since Suicide Squad's gone and all that like <laughs> I can't I can't wait for November man I want fucking yeah. Doctor Strange to come dude yeah I that mean, shit's it's... gonna attract like all the Marvel fans. All the Inception fans and all the Harry Potter fans, dude. I think Doctor yeah. Strange is going to be fucking huge. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see like the. I mean, obviously it's a Marvel film. People at this like by the time fucking November rolls around, everybody's going to be fucking itching for this shit. Yeah. Like, like there's nothing like. Like what comes out in between there? No big uh, superhero stuff. I think we're kind of in a dry spell until then. <laughs> Because then, like, after that, you have fucking Star Wars Rogue One that comes out in December. That'll last for fucking goddamn three months. So, till I March. I can't wait to talk about it for three fucking months. I know. We're going to have every episode. <laughs> We're going to talk uh, about that until uh, Wonder Woman in May, I think. Dude, fuck. Yeah, that's in May. It's... Justice League is in November of next year, so that's another big gap, but. But, uh, and I also think the ga- gap is a little more dry this time because I feel like we don't have we haven't had as many good like as many good films just in general yeah. coming out in between all this. I mean, there'll probably be some indie film that comes out that's probably pretty fucking awesome or something. But I don't know, man. It's like it's been a shitty 
shitty summer for movies. It's like. Yep, it all happened in in uh, winter in uh, May. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Deadpool Civil and War Civil War. Yep. I just saw that uh, again, like half of it, uh, on the plane this morning. I, uh, I flew in from Atlanta to LA this morning. That's why I'm. I look, I look a little bit tired, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I got to the point where, uh, uh, Tony Stark was, uh, taught, like just had gone to Queens to talk to, to Spider-Man. Oh, really? So I saw basically half the movie and that shit, dude, it's, that was my, my third time watching it. It's so good. Yeah. I can't wait for the, the release, the Blu-ray release. I want it. I need it. September 23rd, I think. Yeah. I looked it up. Need it and wants it. Wants it all. I just got Winter Soldier and Deadpool and Blu-ray. Yeah. As well. Yeah, I was watching the gag reel today for uh, just before we started recording for for Deadpool. Yeah. Shit was great, man. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Lo- love me a gag reel. <laughs> Especially a good one. Yeah. Um, what's next on the agenda, man? So we lost a sausage party talk because. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, listener, uh, we lost Stefan kind of midway because he was feeling a bit sick and he ducked out. Yeah. So now it's just me and Maddie. <clears throat> All right. So moving forward, uh, let's see. Um, Maddie, you saw "Don't Breathe." I did. This has been the first. Uh, horror movie in a while that has really intrigued me like that trailer caught my attention dude that was awesome um, I yeah. plan on seeing it soon but uh, what did you think um, I thought it was great uh, I hated the title yeah so I yeah. saw it and I was like I don't know if I'm going to watch this trailer and then I think Stefan and I watched it on a camera noise when we were doing like just experimenting with it yeah um, and um I was really taken away by it. I didn't realize it was by the director of the Evil Dead remake, which I thought was a fucking solid-ass remake through and through. Uh, I never thought at any point I'd be scared by an Evil Dead movie just because they're fun and just kind of campy. But, dude, there's some terrifying shit in that movie that I was just like, God, this is fucking... It's like the exorcist in a fucking cabin, dude. Like, And the woods are part of it. It's just... First of all, wilderness kind of creeps me out just because I do watch a lot of horror movies. And would never want to be out there alone, let alone with friends who are chopping each other up. So, uh, great, great fucking remake. For people who say there are no good remakes, Evil Dead remake is great. Um, so I was very interested to see what his follow-up would be. Uh, calling it Don't Breathe, I didn't really like, the title didn't catch me. Um, but I was like, I like Stephen Lang. Um, so I was interested and uh, didn't really know the rest of the cast. I think uh, the one kid is kind of like, like kind of like for lack of a better like a teeny bopper kind of actor i guess um but uh i watched the trailer and i was like this this looks fucking great this looks terrifying this looks scary it kind of reminded me of like um what's the like the zatuichi ripoff here like blind fury with rutger hauer dude i saw that shit on hbo man like yeah. way back in the day i know it you're reminded talking about me of that but like with with a horror movie twist so it's Basically, these kids break in this blind guy's house to steal this money he won in a lawsuit because his daughter got hit by a car by this rich family. So um, it was a new take too, you know. Like it wasn't like 
you know, a guy in a mask with a machete. It was, you know, totally different. With Like, they could play a lot with, like, I'm assuming with all the sound effects or lack of, right? Well, dude, it's great. It's, like, probably the most silent horror film I've seen in a while, you know. Uh, it's really great when the moment gets one, like, uh, Stephen Lang's character, who is just called the blind man in the movie, uh, just uh, stops to listen. Because they yeah. have to stop breathing, like, so hard. And, like, things happen to them where your breathing is more rapid or you've been hurt so you're wheezing a little more um which all factors into how he this guy is hunting them um uh the movie's great though uh a lot of twists a lot of turns uh i thought the twists were the thing i liked about it was you'd get like a twist and then you'd be like all right that's a pretty cool twist and then they'd be like oh here's another one you're like oh fuck just when i thought you couldn't ramp it up anymore there's another one you know uh really great moments in it just when you think the characters are safe they're never really safe um also the silence played into it and this man knowing his house so well there are a lot of moments when he's walking by and the characters are still but he's very close to it's just it's a very tense movie throughout which is great that they can keep that intensity up i think it's like runtime is like an hour and 28 minutes so um when i but however when i was in the theater i had a pretty terrible experience most people are going to go, oh, it's probably teenagers talking or laughing. It was not. It was a grown-ass man. <laughs> Instead of keeping his mouth shut, he would, like, do a nervous laugh anytime something intense was going to happen or was about to happen. And then he would, like, stomp his feet and giggle. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it, like I don't know, man. If I'm watching a horror movie, I need utter silence. Like, I'm I'm one of those people, like, if it's fucked up, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, under my breath, very, very, very quietly. Or I'll jump, you know, and maybe make a little squealy noise. But it does not happen very often. But this was, like, every time any, like, big moment happened in it or anything he liked that was about to happen, which kind of concerned me because there's some fucked up shit that happens, and he would be, like, getting giddy over it. And I'm like... I don't think those are the correct reactions to have while you're sitting next to your lady and what's about to happen to said character. So his, his he was with his girlfriend or whatever? I guess, I guess. I don't know this person. I don't give... Like, it just was like... Like, the, there was a group of kids, like two groups of kids that came in and I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to fuck this up for me. It's like one fifty on a fucking, like, Saturday. They're going to fuck this movie up for me. They didn't say a word. Just one grown-ass man giggling and stomping <laughs> his feet. And I was like, good... I was like, God damn it. You think you'd know. You think you would know to shut the fuck up and keep all that inside. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just old and don't like... <laughs> I just need my movie silent, except for whenever, like, when you get the gasps and the ahs. And... But, like, this, like, really took me out of the film, which sucks, because I really enjoyed it. But would I have had a better time watching it if someone would have just been, been quiet? Probably. But... Yeah, I haven't had anything like that recently, but I think I have had movies ruined for, for me before um, can't think of anything specifically at the moment though yeah I was just like dude I don't know man It's I kind of compared it to my green room experience like there's a pretty intense part where someone gets uh, pretty fucked up in green room and like everyone was squirming like ah like making the noise of like I can't watch it but I can't turn away but that was like the whole audience yeah, making yeah, these yeah, reactions yeah. yeah and that's great like i love that audience and uh but like at no point like in don't breathe not saying that it's it, any like 
but it just didn't warrant the like no one was going to make that kind of reaction to the what this guy was doing and it kind of just i don't know man just kind of put me off for the movie a little bit like afterwards i had to think about it just because i was so just like and this isn't like he did it twice this is like so you're watching a horror movie where this shit's gonna happen yeah you know like deaths are gonna happen fucked up shit's gonna happen i mean it's the guy who did the evil dead remake and people have already been talking about the twists and like some of the shit that happens so this happens quite a bit through this movie it like this was like five six times of this happening trying to watch a film that is mainly pretty quiet for the most part and just like oh dude i don't know man i was like pretty upset after i got out of it but like it was a great movie i recommend it to horror fans um I'm trying to think of I haven't seen anything like it recently or really before. Um, I'm sure someone out there could like probably reference a movie that's sort of like it because there's shit tons of horror movies out there that they'll probably say was like an 80s grindhouse that was better or 70s grindhouse that was better. But for the most part of like the movie going experience now and like theater anyway, and not like trying to just like I like you know rent it on iTunes just because it's that's the only way you can see it. It's pretty good like for you know current horror today so i recommend it thumbs I, up i'm definitely interested in seeing that what comes out next weekend i don't know if there's nothing else playing oh, yoga hosers oh yeah yeah that's be... probably gonna take precedence actually but um even though it has a 29 percent but i gotta see dude. kevin smith films dude i don't even give a shit about like what like I think getting in, like, after seeing Tusk and uh, getting into this one and already knowing what it's about, like, it's brought worse Nazi soldiers, dude. Like, what the f- like... It's I nuts, don't want, right? I, I don't know if I need this movie to have a 98%. No, that would be weird, like, actually. I was like, if it gets a 30%, like, that's why I want to go see it, you know? Like, I need it to be shitty. I need it to be campy. I need it to be, you know... I mean... I don't know. I always like Kevin Smith's dialogue, so it's never, like, a dialogue yeah. issue for me because I just like it. Like, I mean, watching him talk about anything is great. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like, how it plays out and stuff. I uh, We talked about this a little bit before we started about just, like, Kevin Smith's journey right now as a filmmaker has been yeah has been fun to watch. And, you know, I'm once he gets this True North trilogy done or whatever, I'm excited to see what he does after. I'd love for him to tackle a comic book film. Uh, his his like. his career has been so yeah I'll talk about that in a second but his career has been so interesting because after Cop Out he started to hate movies and he wanted to just quit making movies yeah. altogether and then he started smoking a lot of weed did a lot of podcasts had the great idea to make Tusk oh I guess Red State first yeah and that Red State kind of started it back and then Tusk also like really lit a fire under his ass because. You know, that's just such a weird fucking movie. And he got it from his podcast that he loves so much. Uh, and I listen to, all, like, at least three of his podcasts. I've yeah. listened to all of them. I can't really listen to, like, Tell Him Steve Dave. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. Like, even, like, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, that one's all right. But it's kind of the weakest one out of the ones with uh, Kevin Smith in them. Yeah, because Kevin Smith doesn't show up that much, if ever, in Tell Him Steve, Dave. But uh, anyway, with Yoga Hosers, I mean, with it being so off base and a movie that he made for girls, 
because it's yeah. you know for his daughter with his daughter uh, people you know the the same made a movie for the same age group that his daughter is mm-hmm. and Johnny Depp is in it like that same character yeah. Guy Lapointe that guy was that he was fucking hilarious in uh, Tusk yeah I know and I think it's great I mean the whole True North trilogy is going to be great I think I mean with Moose Jaws up next and I mean Hell, his TV career now at the Buckaroo Banzai and Flash yeah. and Supergirl and Mallrats as a whole series. Like, I don't know how good it's going to be, but he said it's going to be probably on Amazon or Hulu or Netflix. Yeah, I'm thinking Amazon actually, because I think that I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I think Netflix is like too highbrow for him at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, would I think like Amazon to... would experiment more. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, Amazon needs some like. I mean, I'm sure they have great shows on there, but like Netflix is killing it. Netflix they got is... Marvel, they got Stranger Things, they got House of Cards, they get, like fuck, what? I don't know what else the fuck they have. Probably Kevin Smith outside. actually had that show Spoilers on Hulu. That was a Hulu original. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, that was fun. So that's actually a possibility, and the whole crew is back from the movie except for Ben Affleck, and he's not a guaranteed no. He might show up in a scene. I mean, he wasn't even that big of a part in Mallrats anyway. No, so uh, I, it's interesting. At first, I was like, "Oh man, just make the movie, dude!" But now I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing it as a TV TV version. Well, I will say this about Netflix: they did do Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp, which is not very highbrow. Um, so I would not put it past them to put a. That's Mallrat, true. You're right which about they that. They got Bradley Cooper back, which is a pretty big fucking star now. You're right I about mean, that. This dude's in fucking Academy Award winning fucking films, so. You know, I would like uh, to see it on anything. I will see that because Mallrats is like one of my top films from him. So, yeah, did you watch the uh, thing where he was talking about why Mallrats is becoming a TV show about like that producer that picked up uh, who actually did Mallrats because he couldn't buy uh, Clerks from the Weinstein's or whatever? I didn't hear that part. All I heard was no. that he, so Jason Muse's wife runs like the Smod Co website and does some producing work for him apparently without even telling him she called on his behalf to the CW to see if he could direct the flash and they they loved the idea apparently and he was he was like damn I didn't even know I could do this (laughs) because he had never really done TV (laughs) he just falls into this shit so that that just that happens and then uh, the whole like TV doors opened up for him after that, like the Buckaroo Banzai and all that, yeah. you know, Mallrats. So it, it's all from that Flash episode, actually, which is crazy, but it worked. Yeah. Well, apparently this producer, I think his name's like Jim Jacks or something, like died a couple of years ago, and he made Mallrats with Kevin Smith. Oh, he was the and- guy that believed in Mallrats. He was like, "This is the future, right?" Yeah, he's like, people won't get it now, like, because it bombed. Like, yeah, People were just yeah. like, what the fuck is this shit? And By the way, like, I saw it with my be... whole family in the theater. <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> and I guess, like, Kevin Smith, after it bombed, was like, he went to the guy's office, and he said, he had these cards or whatever for, like, the next however many years of his life, and, like, in the future was Mallrats too. He's like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, that's not going to make any money. He's like, he's like, it didn't make money now, but this will be a cult classic. People will fucking love this movie. Yeah, he called and, it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, 
So uh, I guess so. This guy passed, and like Kevin Smith felt bad because he never got to like. I don't know. You got to watch like the like his little video thing about it. I've seen so him. Ta- I've heard him talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, but um, basically, I guess it was just the right time that he felt like Mallrats should come back because he felt like it's something he needed to do for this guy. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy. Like I'd love to see. I mean, it's gonna be weird because if you get Jason Lee back, this dude's old now. It's like, what is he gonna be doing? Plus, no one goes to malls anymore, really. And he yeah, said it well, was no, Die Hard in a mall. He said it was gonna kind of copy a lot of elements from Die Hard. Yeah. Well, dude, I will. I will tell you, working in a mall currently, people do go to the fucking mall in the fucking in fucking I've, Ohio. Maybe not. Sorry, man. I, I, for, I forgot. I forgot you worked. I forgot you worked in one. People fucking go in a mall, and it's it blows my mind. Like. Just like, because I forget what it's like to be a teenager. You're not really allowed to go do anything. Right, right, right. Like, I've been on my own since fucking college, you know, like going, doing what I want, booking plane tickets to fucking L.A. You know, I don't have to tell my parents that shit I do. So I'm a grown ass man. Yeah, basically, like I can do this. I have money to do this now. So it's weird to see a culture of kids that was like probably me. You know, they just go and hang out at the mall all day. You can eat there. You can watch movies. Like, you can't watch movies in mine, but you can go see movies there. You can basically do anything you want in the real world at a mall, you know? Right, right, right. So it's going to, like, I think it's a pretty interesting concept, especially it, like, I would say if he said it, like, in the time period that Mallrats was made or something, like, if he got a new cast of people, I don't think I'd care. Yeah. No, but it's like, the same, today, same cast, man. But, like, for, like, today's mall experience... It's going to be funny to see the like the throwback to mall rats with today's right. culture. And like if he's smart, that's what he's going to do. I mean, like I've heard him talk about yoga hosers and about like how he directed his daughter. And he was like basically to her and like Lily Ro- Lily Rose Depp was like, "Well, you guys are fucking teenagers, so I wrote the script, so kind of like if this doesn't sound like something you'd say, let's change it." Yeah, you know, right, so, right, like, right, right. So, like, he's not a teenager, like, how do you write as a teenager, so... He's open up about that. He he was known as the director that you, you, you he would not allow ad-libbing on set. He was like, this is my script, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think ever since, you know, him smoking a lot of weed and shit, and also with, uh, with you know, the nature of Yoga Hosers being, like, he has to write realistic teenage girl dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, he's definitely, like kind of like loosened up about all that he'd have to there's just like i mean even as like a 32 year old i don't know like all the shit teenagers are doing today it seems like, like it changes work, faster man well like even working with like 20 somethings i'm like what what was that abbreviation for what was that what is that saying for i like, like jelly on my toast now yeah right <laughs> i don't know what that means like wait we're having sex why did you say jelly on my toast because like now i want toast with jelly on it no i'm talking about jelly like i'm jealous like like jelly what that's another word yeah i don't know man i don't get it so i'm excited to see like yoga hosers mall rats just to see like what would a kevin smith mall rats look like today you know with the old cast so he said i don't know how much this has changed since i've last heard about it but apparently the plot basically is brody is holding a comic convention at the mall and then terrorists come and attack the mall so it becomes a comedy diehard within the mall uh, I'm sold yeah that's that sounds incredible I think it's a great idea yeah there was this I one know. the speaking of this is not a, this is not a Kevin Smith idea but that somebody wrote I'm a big reddit fan I love 
Reddit. I'm all over Reddit all the time. But uh, I uh, saw this one. There was this big, there was this like famous um, Reddit for a uh, thread uh, on the movies subreddit about a, a great Batman movie idea, and yeah. it was like it was a it was a comedic one. But it was that at a at Comic Con, at a Batman panel. Uh, you got Adam West and Ben Affleck and Val Kilmer and uh, Michael Keaton and they're all there and Kevin Conroy too and uh, then that gets run over by terrorists and it's a comedy but it's like all like Adam West is saying senile shit and Val Kilmer's like why am I here and you know like and they're all they have to like do like actiony comedy type things to get to save people and get out of the uh, situation alive yeah that would be an amazing idea, man. Yeah, dude. It's like JCVD almost. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. Uh, Adam Smith, Adam West is still kicking it, man. Dude, He's old, I'm, dude. I'm pretty excited about that Batman uh, animated film with him and some of the cast of the Batman. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Back. It looks but, fun. Speaking of that, um, switching gears slightly, but uh, did you watch... Um, Killing Joke? No, I have it on my computer. I have not watched it yet. Okay. I've been, I've been nervous to watch it. Yeah, watch that, and then um, Ben Yip, a senior Batman correspondent. Yeah. He would. He said he'd like to come on and talk about that at some point. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I like having Ben on. It's fun. Fun discussions. Yeah, he's. I've had a, like a little conversation about it, and you know, of course, he's got like a very well developed opinion about about all this so i kind of just shut up when he talks i'm like ben's right and i'm like no i have my own opinions (laughs) you're like you would say something but you just find yourself agreeing with him yeah most of the time i mean it's good like i feel like he's uh it's really fun to have him on because he's pretty open to like most of our ideas and you know like i mean i think i think in any kind of group most of the time around good people people are going to bring other ideas up that you might not have thought about or you know i I feel like our suicide squad is conversation slash review of film was great yeah that was a good pretty one. pretty fucking in depth for us you know um but uh he brought up a lot of things i never thought about because he's read a lot more batman stuff than i have yeah and, that's his um, main deal man it, it didn't change my opinion on the movie so much but it did open my eyes up to certain things that happened that i was just like what so it's, or, it's like most of the time he just gives me good stories to read <laughs> of batman stories that i haven't read before. right 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 I still want to find that freaking Night of the Stalker. I was... It's that one that he said it was his favorite that has no dialogue. Yeah. I, I, I've, i like, asked on Reddit. I've asked people at comic book stores, like, what compilation is this in? I've, I've searched on Amazon. Uh, I've asked Ben. I don't think he remembers. Yeah. I guess he has just a single issue that he got somewhere. I'm trying to find it in a compilation or something. Yeah. Because uh, that's, that's one I definitely want to quote-unquote read i guess i don't know flip through there's no dialogue so i don't know what you do yeah. but um sounds great man i mean it's also that one's also michael useland's favorite and that's the guy that wrote the boy who loved batman yeah cool the the he was the guy that he's been a producer since day one and he is like almost like a batman activist dude and uh it's nuts. He's the he was like a he was a lawyer at United Artists, I think, and he had the idea of getting uh, Tim Burton to direct uh, 89 Batman. Oh, cool. 
that was I think that was his idea. I've met him a couple times actually. I have I took my picture with him. He's a nice cool. guy. Yeah, man, I can do that. I'm sure. I'm sure there most of Super House will watch the Killing Joke to talk to Ben about it. So. I've seen it. I want. I would like to say things about it, but I want to wait. We're gonna save that for for another day. I've been kind of scared because I thought the reviews of it were gonna be way better than what they were. Um, and, uh, but I, I, did, yeah. I did. I did like what you said about it. Like, I I don't know. Like when I watch these adaptations, like I don't know if I like. I feel like a lot of the stuff I read was like. It's good, but it didn't bring anything new. And I was like, well, I'm watching The Killing Joke. I don't know if I want anything new. Because, you know, like, why would I want to change something Alan Moore wrote? Uh, the, main, the main point I want to bring up about it is kind of spoilery. So I... Well, I mean, I've read the comic, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, okay, all right. Um, I mean, unless it, like, changes... It's a, it's a directing thing. The way they do that last part, like, it... The way, uh, like when he says the joke at the end and they just have a laugh. Yeah. The camera just pans down. Yeah. Into the sidewalk, the asphalt, mm -hmm. and then it just fades out. And it's just not quite as epic as I had imagined. I don't know. I feel like it just ended kind of weak. And I know it kind of, when you read the comic, you're like, when you first read it, you're like, it ends on this joke? Okay, but yeah. uh, I feel like you know it's just it's just a I feel like that that could have been directed a little better, and they could have like played into the whole Grant Morrison like did he kill him? Did he not? You know, like yeah. they didn't really like go into that at all. It, yeah, the, the rest of it was uh, pretty much exactly like the comic. But there was one. The, the first thirty minutes are kind of tacked on, and I'm pretty sure the only reason for that, they're, they're made up. They're not part of the original comic. Yeah. The only the only reason for that is to make it a feature length film. Yeah. That's really all it is, and it's not. It's not bad, but it definitely feels kind of. <laughs> it feels tacked on, and the Batgirl thing that happens, it's. At first, I was like, okay, whatever. But when I heard other people's opinions, I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm spoiling the whole fucking thing for you. But, yeah, you should watch it. I mean, you haven't spoiled anything. I still haven't seen it. I, I don't, like, when people say I'm spoiling it for you, it's like, well, I haven't seen it. I don't know my own reaction to it yet. Like, you're just telling me about something. Since you already read the comic and it's pretty much that comic, I'm, I'm okay saying it. But I, I don't like to, especially if there's a twist, you know, like, Bruce Willis is actually a ghost, you know, like you can't, yeah. you can't do shit Wait, like what? that. What movie is this? Yeah. Um, no, uh, yeah, I need to watch it. I've just been kind of, I don't know, like it's, it's like an animated movie I didn't need, almost, is the way yeah. I think about it. Like, it's not on my radar to like watch, like all the other ones I try to watch, because maybe they're based off the comic, but they don't really follow, like they take some liberties in certain things or add other comics to it. Uh. I forget which one it was like. I think it was Batman versus Robin was where the Court of Owls come in in the in the um, in the animated movie. I haven't but, seen that one actually. I haven't seen it no, like, other than the Killing Joke. I haven't seen them in a while. I want to see that Justice League versus Teen Titans. It's good. And I liked it. Um, but like I know some of those kind of take from other comics and like to flesh out the movie a little more. So when it was the Killing Joke, I was like. It's weird they're calling it that. Like maybe if they call it something different, but inspired by like the Killing Joke, 
Um, but no, I mean, look, it's like it's it's almost exactly here. it's almost exactly the same as the comic. It's just that first thirty minutes. So like I like for me, I don't like I was not like I'm excited to see it because I love the comic, but at the same time I was like, I could just read the comic. It's not even that long, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like uh, I could just watch that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I want to watch it. It's just something that I've like had on my computer that I've just been kind of, I guess, anxious, nervous to watch the reviews and stuff um, that I've read and like just like from sources that I enjoy the reviews of. I'm like, oh no, I thought this was going to be like knock it out of the park kind of movie, but um, I'll watch it now. Like, I'd love to talk about to Ben about it and. I haven't we might read the set that up for the long, next one. Yeah, I haven't read the comic in a long time though, so I'd like to like watch it and then maybe find a copy of the the book and reread it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, sounds cool, man. I'm always down. I like Ben. He's cool. Yeah, I think. Always uh, up for talking about the Batman and anything around uh, surrounding him. It's a good mix. Good mix. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna end it here because uh, we're approaching the two hour mark yeah Sounds uh, good. we had some other things we want to talk about but um, you know we always go long <laughs> um, we had four last time I think we can end this one a little short <laughs> yeah so um, this has been episode 26 we'll probably do this uh, Ben thing we'll talk with the other guys I think they'll be okay with it and Maybe do a killing joke thing pretty soon. Nice. Uh, what did we say was coming out next weekend? Oh, Yoga Hosers. We're probably going to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yep. I think it should be a mandatory uh, viewing for the episode. Yes. That'd be a good episode, Yoga Hosers, and then we talk about killing joke. That'll be. That'll That's be a good fun. one. That's a good one. Yeah. Any game releases coming out? Game releases happening? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um. I think that's going to do it for this ep, you yeah. guys. This has been Andrew Bush from Los Angeles. This is Maddie from Cincinnati. Check you later, guys. Bye.